A Fulton County, Georgia judge released three portions of the special grand jury report relating to their criminal investigation into 2020 election conduct. The judge did not release the rest of the report and specifically any portion of the report that mentioned the names of individuals who the special grand jury recommended be indicted for election interference to protect the due process rights of those named. Like the fascist, gaslighting, criminal maniac that he is, Donald Trump then falsely claimed that this somehow exonerated him. In other news regarding lying cowards, Mike Pence is on another self-flagellation tour with Mother, proclaiming he is going to fight the special counsel Jack Smith's subpoena of him into 2020 election interference because Pence believes that he really wasn't the vice president. He was the president of the Senate, so he was a senator. And he has this deep reverence for the speech and debate clause of the United States Constitution. And you see, that prevents him from telling the truth about what happened on January 6th. You see, you see, folks, that's what's going on here. But undeterred, we learn that special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed Mark Meadows back in January. It's not clear if Mark Meadows is cooperating and the subpoena is cover or if Mark Meadows will have to show up before the grand jury kicking and screaming like the fascist traitor that he is. President Biden, meanwhile, remains on the offense against MAGA Republicans who want to cut your Social Security and cut your Medicare. President Biden continues his tour across the country discussing his administration's achievements and how he wants to protect your rights and highlighting the radical and disastrous anti-American policies of MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans like George Santos, the face of the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives who had to barricade himself in his local district office today as he refused to speak with his constituents from Long Island who want him to resign like the rest of the nation. He hasn't even changed, by the way, the name from the former congressman who occupied that office. That is how incompetent these MAGA Republican is. Here's the thing. Today, Republicans, there's no shame at all because they're modeled after their cult leader, Donald Trump, right? There are no depths to their sick fascist depravity, right? The lower, more QAnon-esque you go, the more Donald Trump's likes you, which is the only currency, apparently, of the deranged MAGA Republican bunch. Speaking of no shame, Nikki Haley announced she was running for the Republican nomination for president, which she will absolutely never win. But nonetheless, (laughs) the MAGA Republican Civil War for 2024 starts to really heat up. So buckle up, even if Nikki Haley opposes seatbelt laws. This is the (laughs) Midas Touch podcast. I love that you guys don't see the script that I do before, but you are authentically laughing. I love it. I try to make it. I try to go, what would the mighty love and how do I make Brett and Jordy laugh when I do the intro? 
No, it's a work of art, Ben, and I got to commend you for it. Throwing in things like self-flagellation just to throw us off before the show starts. But the perfect description, the perfect description of these mag... Ben is whipping himself. Ben just actually got an injury live on the show. Ben hurt himself. Live on the show. Ben just hurt his wrist, everybody. (laughs) You saw it here. Self-flagellating. That's what happens. Self-flagellating. I have not self-flagellated in quite some time. (laughs) It's been at least 24 hours, Ben. It's been been at at least 24 hours Uh, since my last flagellation. (laughs) <laughs> These MAGA Republicans can't go more than 60 seconds without self-flagellating it, so it seems. And just day by day, the lies get more and more brazen, more pathetic. And it really makes you put kind of George Santos in a different perspective as like, is he really that different than the rest of them? Or is the entire party just different versions of George Santos mm. being led by the biggest George Santos of them all, Donald J. Trump. Maybe the J in Donald Trump's mind stands for George. I think we could probably Ooh. assume that for uh, for mm. that Trump. Maybe maybe he thinks that he doesn't really know what the J stands for. Is is the joke there, Jordy? Um, but yeah, no crazy times. Lots of self flagellation. Jordy, how are you doing? You flagellating or what? <laughs> flagellating left and right these days. <laughs> I saw it right before Jordy flagellated all morning. It was crazy. It was too much flagellation. The show's off the quite the, the show's off the quite the start. I need a shower after the show. That's how much I've been flagellating lately. <laughs> That's great. Well, how, how are you doing otherwise, Jay? No, I'm doing really well. I really like flagellating. It's fantastic. No, I'm doing good. I'm excited for <laughs> I'm excited for today's show. I just want to let our audience know too. So when people leave comments in the in the YouTube chat right now and then also the YouTube comments yeah. after the show. That's really me responding because I have a picture that doesn't have my photo that I use on my on my on my phone and then I have a one that I use on the computer. And so I've noticed some people responding that hey this is a fake Jordan. I'm gonna okay, block you. Don't block you know me. It's, it's okay, me. but let me let me know why. Also, let me let me tell everybody why. And why? this is a warning to all the Midas Mighty out there yeah. who go to our YouTube channel. Mm. There is a fake Ben, and Ben never comments Ooh. from his name. There is a fake Ben. There are fake accounts that call themselves Midas Touch, and if you click on them, you will see they have like zero subscribers or five subscribers, and they will tell you to text them at a certain number on WhatsApp. We will never will tell, tell you to text. Us. We will Don't never tell you to text us on a WhatsApp. Ever. And if, if you hear anything, you will hear it from us here on the show. Do not fall for it because these people are YouTube scammers. They're out there. We've reported hundreds and hundreds of these accounts at this point. But unfortunately, there are people out there who are getting scammed by people pretending to be Ben, pretending to be Midas Touch. So be vigilant. Be on the lookout. We will never ask you for that. But yes, when you see Jordy responding with his little Me. cute remarks and cute quips or whatever, that's him. Square. But like you said, we will never ask you to text no. a WhatsApp to use a Telegram. None oh, of that. Uh, Do ben, not fall ben, could, ben couldn't use any of those apps if he wanted to. Ben is great at making YouTube videos. That is his specialty. Anything above that is, is way too technological for the big bro. Okay, off to a nice little insult there. Let's go into the, <laughs> let's go into, we're talking about scammers. That's a good segue into Donald Trump and his scam and gaslighting and disinformation. So let's talk about what happened today, right? So earlier in the week, we talked about how Judge Robert McBurney was going to release 
three portions of the Fulton County Special Grand Jury Report. This would be the introduction, the conclusion, and Section 8. Section 8 just basically said that the special grand jury believed certain witnesses had lied under oath and that they should be criminally prosecuted for perjury, but it didn't list the names of those individuals. For those watching right now, this is Section 8 that was released. So these were not the important parts of the report. The important parts remain under seal. They remain redacted. They remain shielded from the public view because Judge McBurney balanced the desire for public disclosure, which was important, against the due process rights and concerns for individuals who may be mentioned in the report, who the special grand jury may have recommended be indicted, including some individuals, and this was mentioned in McBurney's order, who did not appear before the special grand jury. For example, someone like Donald Trump was not specifically mentioned by name, but someone who did not appear before the grand jury. So Judge McBurney wanted to protect the due process rights, as did the district attorney, as did Fawny Willis. And she was the one who recommended as well. Indictments are imminent. Do not release the names because what could happen is that once we secure a conviction, Somebody could go back and say, my due process rights were violated because the name was released before the indictment came out that prejudiced and tainted these whole proceedings, overturn my conviction. As much as we all would like to see those names right now, I think we all don't want the procedure to have any appearances of taint that could then make this overturned at a later time. We all want the process and procedure to proceed according to the way it's supposed to without any kind of distractions and without people later saying they're going to try to overturn the convictions. So that those three portions were released today. So I guess if you want to say, was there any new intriguing data that came in here? Well, we know that this uh, panel, this special grand jury, which was comprised of 26 individuals, three of those were alternates, all unanimously held that there was no fraud capable of overturning the results of the 2020 election. That's a specific finding that was released publicly today, and it was found unanimously. So all 23 or all 26 looked at it and said the following. The grand jury heard extensive testimony on the subject of alleged election fraud from poll workers, investigators, technical experts, and state of Georgia employees and officials, as well as from persons still claiming that such fraud took place. That's probably referring to Giuliani. We find by a unanimous vote that no widespread fraud took place in the Georgia 2020 presidential election that could result in overturning that election. So that was a finding made by the special grand jury, which basically calls Donald Trump a liar. Can we all agree objectively that that is what this special grand jury, you know, ruled? So before then turning to what Donald Trump wrote or what Donald Trump's response to this was, 
Brett and Jordy, from your perspective as, and this isn't an insult, but as non-lawyer, as lay, as lay persons, what was lay your peoples. reaction to the, as lay peoples, what, what, what was your reaction other than flagellating yourself? Yeah, well, first off, I think we have an alternate title for this episode, which is something like self-flagellation, uh, taint, and massive dumps, um, which could sum <laughs> no up one all, will, all. No one would, will download that, so we will just that'll that, be that, our that, that, that won't that won't be a that won't be a popular uh, title. Okay, I see now. But no, I mean, you know, today I wasn't super shocked by anything we saw because. Judge McBurney basically laid out exactly what we were going to see today. None of it was actually a surprise. And even that conclusion that they came to that, okay, so now we're finding out that we, we're, we're conclusive on this. We're 100% sure there was no fraud in the 2020 election in Georgia. Same time, I'm like, great, great to see that on paper. On the other hand, I'm also like, well, duh, like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We freaking knew that already. Like, we all knew that. I'm glad you you figured that out. But this is still important in the fact finding process and in the eventual indictments. And so we have now. They they heard from I believe it was like 75 witnesses. 75, 75 people came in there, and you had people like John Eastman, Lindsey Graham, Rudy Giuliani, Mike Flynn, and others testifying in this case. And we also learned that big piece information, which once again, we had learned days prior from Judge McBurney, that there is evidence that there were witnesses who at least one, or maybe more, who likely perjured themselves. So that right there is a big deal. We truthfully, we just don't know what's in the rest. We don't know what the rest of the testimony is, but that's a big deal right there. But in terms of learning a lot from this specific, these small portions that were released, I don't think we've learned all that much today. I think we basically learned it all when Judge McBurney laid out the grounds for releasing portions. And today was just confirmation of exactly what he told us was coming. Absolutely. It was, it was sort of a no duh kind of moment there where we all knew this. I think it's fantastic for the historical context of this because, you know, we're living through this right now. But I yeah. want to make sure my grandkids know. I want to make sure they 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 truly understand, you know, and their grandkids understand just how crazy of a time this was. So to have it formally now through the courts that they're basically calling him a fraudster there, I, I really appreciate it. And can we just also just appreciate the name McBurney? Do you guys feel the McBurn? I like that. Let's make that. Uh, there's we can have McBurneys. I mean, not really. I mean, they're saying that there are some witnesses who committed perjury. We don't know who those witnesses are, but I guess to to the point of your legal analysis, I'll rehabilitate it slightly. That they were calling some individuals. <laughs> they were calling some individuals fraudsters there, although we don't know the the individuals' names. Um, I do want to mention, though, that what we do know in the other pages that we don't have yet, this was an eight-page report, was that there were recommendations on indictments. And how do we know that? Because on page one of the report, though, it also says, following is the final report on the special purpose grand jury. We set forth for the court our recommendations on indictments and relevant statutes, including the votes by the grand jurors. This includes the votes respective to each topic indicated. The total number of grand jurors who placed a vote on each topic has been indicated on each section. Um, and so there are recommendations for indictments. And we do know as well that to be the case, because if there weren't, 
those sections would be released publicly. It's yeah. to protect the due process. So all of that shows- Iro Ironically, to protect people potentially like Donald Trump. And we should just be very clear that in terms of this, Donald Trump was not named, and that's for a reason, as Ben explained. And it's important that we don't bend the truth also. And like, like I saw so many people today take that comment that yeah. there are indictments that are you know recommended by the report and then start tweeting out or making memes about the Georgia faulting the Fulton County DA just recommended indictments for Trump. No, she didn't. And that the special grand jury that didn't happen. I don't know wh what that serves. I don't know what it helps. I'm going to be respectful right now, like uh, President Biden at the State of the Union and not name names. But I saw plenty of accounts out there trying to hype news that isn't fake. But there is good news in here. So it's like, why even bother? Why stretch the truth when there is good news? Yeah, I by the way, there could be in the yeah. pages there. There likely is if you want to follow the data. You can say that it indicates that there could be a possible recommendation for an indictment Absolutely. of Donald Trump. Remember, the special grand jury does not have the power to indict. They have the power to recommend indictments to another grand jury that would actually have the power to indict. So there could probably be in here a recommendation to indict Donald Trump, including others, but we don't know that to be the case. But we do know that the names of Trump and others, to the extent they're listed in here, the due process concerns to protect their identities at this phase is the reason that we don't know to protect the due process rights, Brett. And Judge McBurney, as Ben said, just to reiterate the point, said that this is, quote, especially true for people who didn't even have the chance to appear before the grand jury. So you could one can surmise that, oh, they got all of these people to appear before the grand jury, high level people. There was one noticeable absence <laughs> who did not appear before the grand jury, one Donald George Santos Trump, who appeared. It's, it's <laughs> nice. called a callback, Jordy. It's called a callback. It's a callback right there. Yeah. It's and, a callback, so, but the J and the G. I I lost I, I lost track of that joke. Just if I'm being well, fully the, the joke I'm, is I think Donald I mean, J. I think Trump once said, or it's been a, an ongoing joke that the J. Donald J. Trump and the J stands for genius is uh, something that. Oh, <laughs> oh God. wow, that's that's a real callback. Wow, real okay. Because if you saw my face when Brett, and my face. That, as well, Ben, in like, my face I was as like well. The J and the G. I said, "Why? Well, I don't understand it." I the don't people, me, the the commenters, they know, they know. Listen, this isn't the my first. Body are, are much yeah, smarter than myself when it comes to they're, those they're callbacks. up on it, you know. And I was reading the <laughs> Washington Post article about this, and I immediately sent this portion off. to the brothers when I read it because Sweet. I found this. It, it what was that. I said, just show off. You just read. Yeah. I was reading all day. I know. I just read oh, articles. Read. I know. It's pretty wild. But in this Washington Post <laughs> article, it, it, it was a, talking about the, the release of the Fulton County Special Grand Jury Report. And it stated, last month, Trump's Georgia-based legal team implied in a statement that there had been no formal contact between the former president and his legal team and Fulton County prosecutors. We have never been a part of this process, the attorney said. Now, this is the part that I found a little interesting, just kind of buried in there. But they did not respond when asked whether Trump had been given notice that he is a target of the investigation. I found that very fascinating because I feel like 
they would brush that off right away if it was absolutely not happening. So I, I think it's interesting. And I think the Washington Post, I think they included that aspect in there on purpose. And I think it was just an interesting nugget that I think if you were just reading that quickly or skimming it, you may not have picked up on. But I found that to be a unique little piece of information. So here's the thing. Donald Trump's response on his social media platform um, with the ridiculous uh, avatar face where he de desecrates the American flag. This is the one where he goes, thank you to the special grand jury in the great state of Georgia for your patriotism and courage. Total exoneration. The USA is very <laughs> proud of you. I, you can't get more disinfo, gaslighting, weird than that. It's the exact opposite. And here's the thing, to the point that you made, the names of those who the special grand jury recommended be criminally indicted was to protect the due process rights of people potentially like Donald Trump, people who want to destroy the United States Constitution, but who then use and abuse the due process protections they are afforded in our Constitution to then spread disinformation. And let me tell you the tactic here, though, that Donald Trump wants to do. What he wants to do is basically uh, try to get Fawny Willis or the judge or someone to basically come. He's trying to bait someone because he Trump wants to play the victim, right? So he mm -hmm. wants some leak to come out. Maybe it's from one of the members of the special grand jury, but he wants someone to basically say that's not true. He's in the report, right? That's what he's actually trying to manufacture. Mm -hmm. So then that he could then go, my due process rights were violated. I can't be convicted. Overturn it. So that is the setup. I, I want to be clear. Part of it is spreading disinformation. Sure. Part of it is that. The other part of it is a tactical move. Mm. And you have to really get into the mind of somebody like that. With my experience as a civil litigator, as someone who's dealt with those types of personalities before, I know what he's trying to do right there. He wants to bait a statement to then invoke the due process protections that protected likely his name from being released to then claim he's being treated unfairly. That's it's a really, is it's there a someone really, there in your room, Brett? I see you like, you're like, you're, you're like, you're looking, you're there, smiling. Is there like a party going on? What's going on there? What's there was someone, wand, there was someone wandering around my yard. And so I was trying to figure out what the heck was happening. Hmm. Um, did you solve that, yeah. Brett? You solved the issue? Yeah. Feels like uh, something think, you should figure I, I out. Think, I think I, I think I got it under control. Um, Can I tell you what the J in Donald J. Trump stands for? Actually, it stands for Jag Off is what it stands for. Oh, bringing back that Pittsburgh swag Shout there, Jordy. You got got to got got to love it. I, you know, I think that you know, I think that's a really unique, interesting, and well-informed perspective by you, Ben. Um, because what you know, one of the things I was thinking of also is he wants to kind of muddy the waters and say, look, they exonerated me, and then if there are charges, he gets to go. You can't reverse course. How dare you try to reverse course? But it's also just the tactic that he's done, like with everything. Like, like, like you said, he takes advantage of the way that systems work. He takes advantage of flaws in institutions, and even the way institutions are designed to protect people and to protect guilty mm -hmm. people, innocent people, you name it. He pinpoints those point, those pressure points, and he pushes as hard as he can in them. So, in this case, 
he knows that they cannot release the names, that they've decided that for due process reasons. So he's using that to claim total exoneration. And we've seen this time and time again from Trump on nearly every issue. I mean, we've seen it both from him and we've seen it from his henchmen, like people like former Attorney General Bill Barr, who really took on this role for himself with the Mueller report and released a report claiming that, you know, misrepresenting the entire report, claiming that Trump was exonerated. Trump claimed he was exonerated. They did this big PR push. And guess what? The report actually never said that whatsoever. But at that time, he was able to set the stage publicly, which a lot of news networks shame, shamefully ran with. And of course, the Trump mm-hmm. cult ran with. And then by the time the actual Mueller report was released, people were like, oh, no, they kind of found some serious serious issues here that were at play, but Trump had already set the stage at that point. So you have now, you have Trump trying to do the same thing, kind of being his own henchman, his own Bill Barr, trying to spread this disinfo. And it's just so, it's so pathetic. The lies are so egregious. I mean, like I said before, this is just as bad or worse than anything George Santos has said. I mean, this is some (laughs) real brazen, uh, just atrocious lying. And anybody who goes along with it should just feel ashamed, just absolutely ashamed of themselves. I mean, give me a break. And Ben, Ben, let me talk more about that tactic that you so artfully detailed right there. I, I think this I think this tactic that Trump is doing would have worked for him, say, in 2016 or 2018 or even 2019. But just like the Republican Party, how their playbook is just so overplayed. Everyone knows what they're going to go to. Everyone knows their next move. I think that's the same thing directly with Donald Trump and how he reacts to these situations. Right now, everybody knows he's going to go to his true social platform and put out some ridiculous, crazy rant. Doesn't make it any better, but at least we know how to deal with the toddler in chief or the former toddler in chief. I'll say this. We do. The uh, the we being the pro-democracy community, the Midas mighty. But do you think if you turned on, I won't name drop right now, large media networks, do you think they're saying what we just said? Do you think they're showing Trump's post, or Absolutely do you, no. or, or do you, and do you think that they're giving this context? I'm sorry, I just, I, I don't think that. So it's we are the change, right? And I don't mean we like us three. I mean we, the pro democracy community. Yes. You watching this, we are the ways to Jordy to your point to say. You, you're not fooling us anymore. We're, we're not being gaslit here. And when we talk about gaslighting in a little bit with former Vice President Pence and his statements, this is so unprecedented. I would never want a separation of powers. I, you know, when I see Pence now, I think he's doing, I, I think you do a better Pence than Pence even does now. Or he's trying to imitate your impression of himself. I, I'm going to do some, some, everybody, um, I'm going to, I'm taking out I'm self-flagellating. I'm, about to, I'm about to take out a Let's double go. whip and I'm about to flagellate like crazy. But I want to show you this, Don. I want to show you this other part that Donald Trump wrote that was part of his statement. He goes, the long-awaited important sections of the Georgia report, which do not even mention President Trump's names, have nothing to do with the president because President Trump did absolutely nothing wrong. The president participated in two perfect phone calls regarding election integrity in Georgia, which he is entitled to do. In fact, as president, it was President Trump's constitutional duty to ensure election safety, security and integrity between the two calls. There were many officials and attorneys on the line, including the secretary of state of Georgia, and no one objective, even slightly protested or hung up. President Trump will always keep fighting for true and honest elections in America. First off, you're not the president. 
Okay, you're not President Trump. You are the former guy who was a freaking fascist traitor who almost completely destroyed our country. But while you were there during that time period, you humiliated our nation and will forever be a, a dis total disgrace. Yes, I was. I do. That's what I do. Like the no, you're doing great. You're doing fabulous. Yeah. But what, what's with that sign off there? It is the bar for a good call that nobody hung up on you during the call, and also because <laughs> he had said that. I guarantee they probably hung up on him during the call. Like, no, well, we, ha we, we heard the call. So we heard the call. But you get a call from a, a president at the time who's extorting you and basically yes. saying, F find me the 11,800 votes, Brad, <laughs> Brad, or I'm going to bad things are going to happen to you. You know, Brad on the call is basically like WTF. Right. Raffensperger's like, um, what are you talking about? Like, there is no election fraud. We, we, also, we, somebody found it effed up enough that they decided to tape the call but to clarify that that's kind of what i mean like who knows like if there are other calls that could have potentially happened that weren't you know recorded because uh, sure there, the there, there could of, there could be other ones also, I, I, I like your point though jordy i think you're, you're but the point that i think it's like okay so the only way your call in your mind would be unlawful is if they hung up on you yeah, yeah. because you know all he does is hang up the phone on people like he's a maniac yeah. he doesn't again there's no depths to his depravity and so he's like they didn't hang up on me so they must have liked it you you wanted that because you didn't hang up you know and and then he goes the long-awaited important sections like again every statement everything is a lie these were not the important sections you know so it's just a constant stream of lies kim jong-un putin-esque but you sure. have to give the context that we gave though here for you to understand that brett i know you got a point i'm ready for my pence imitations so what's what's what, what you got Oh, it's not a big point. It's just like we, it's become so normalized that we gloss over the fact that he refers to himself in the third person in every line. <laughs> President Trump, Trump did this. Trump, it's a weird, like, imagine if I went around all day being like, and Brett Mycellus says, I think you'd be like, dude, that's a little weird. Let's as reel it in a little bit. Let's reel it back. We're getting a little odd. As, as I said on, as I said with Cohen on our new podcast, Political Beatdown, by the way, everybody subscribe to the Political Beatdown search wherever you get it with audio with Mike Cohen. I said, look, what we have to stop doing is gaslighting ourselves mm -hmm. that this is not weird. Like, yes. we, like, like the, yes. we can't, like when, when you see what we're about to talk about with Pence, we have to say, look, that's traitorous, that's despicable, but we also have to, honestly, we have to say it. Like these MAGA Republicans are weird. They are weirdos. They are strange people. They are not normal. And and it is it is they are bizarre people and and they are criminals too they are fascists there's all of that but we have to also be like these are bad people these are weirdos they do weird stuff they they're like George Santos they they do despicable stuff and you're gonna see right now with my impression that I'm about to do a former Vice President Pence how he plans to say that because he is a, uh, well, okay, first let's do this quick ad break for Jordy, then you'll see my former Vice President Pence impression. Play, play, play this, I'll be right back in a moment. Our next partner is AG1 by Athletic Greens. Now I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, boosted energy, immune system support, and I hated taking pills and vitamins and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I take AG1 in the morning before working out, and it makes me feel incredible and just ready to take on my day. 
When I take AG1, I know I'm doing something good for my body, like giving my body the nutrition that it craves and covering my nutritional basis. I've tried a ton of different supplements out there, but this is different and the ingredients are super high quality. I got started with AG1 because I used to take all these different pills and gummies and frankly what I was taking was expensive and I didn't even know if it was good for me. But with AG1 by Athletic Greens, I know that what I'm consuming has the best ingredients and also tastes delicious. AG1 makes it easier for you to take the highest quality supplements, period. When I started my AG1 journey, very quickly I noticed that it helps me with, you know, improved overall digestion, my energy levels were up, and just overall I was feeling great. It's just one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day, and it's a seamless and easy daily habit to maintain. The Midas Mighty asked me all the time, Jordy, how do you have so much energy to do these ad reads? Well, if I could only pick one thing, it's AG1 by Athletic Greens. Just one daily serving covers my day's nutritional basis and supports my long-term gut health with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. I can't think of another daily routine that pays off as well as AG1, which is why I trust the product so much. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Midas. That's athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Check it out. And now back to the video. So, 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 so you see, <laughs> well, you, you want to, I was, I was about to get into it, bro. I know. Yeah. Go for it. I was, Brett Micellis approves of that ad, uh, Jordy. Brett yes. Micellis approves. Approves. So you, ben. Mike Pence, what do you have to so say? You, so, so you see, <laughs> I am first and foremost a Christian. Second, I'm a conservative. And third, I'm a Republican. So no matter what you do to me, you want to kill me? You want to behead me? You want to behead my family? Once, once I know you are a Republican, I'm going to campaign for you. Just, just say you're a Republican. My Christian faith is such, <laughs> is such that I, I, I'm going to have to support that because there are bigger things. And the stakes couldn't be higher. You know, I, I mean, he says things, he says things like that, you know, and then, and then today, you know, when, you know, when he's talking about, you know, objecting to how he's going to fight, how he's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to fight this thing. Because, <laughs> I like what you do with your lips. The lips are, the, li the lips make the impression. Because this is truly an unprecedented situation that in our democracy, we would have somebody gets subpoenaed to have to testify about an insurrection. A former vice president who was the target of an assassination attempt. You, you do realize how important the separation of powers is. Okay, so, so let's do this. For, 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 th thank you. So, so first, Bravo. let's play... Let's play former Vice President Pence today, though, when he's asked by a reporter. By the way, I like that the reporter kept on asking the question. Okay, basically, you have this whole BS thing about separation of powers. You claim the speech and debate clause, which protects senators and Congress members 
from having to testify about legitimate legislative activity that they say on the House floor and natural extensions of the House floor. So because you claim that in your ceremonial role as the president of the Senate that you are basically a senator right now, what? So this is what he said today to the reporter where the reporter says, so, okay, then why don't you just voluntarily show up? Like you've written books about this. Like why not just do it under oath? Watch Ben Micellis, I mean Pence. <laughs> is, is this the Von Hilliard one or is this the other one? The one from today, the one where he goes, uh, yeah, Von Hilliard. If your legal challenge holds up, you would still have the opportunity to voluntarily go and testify to the Department of Justice. And when we're talking about serious allegations of potential uh, an effort to defraud the U.S. government and overturn a presidential election, why is your testimony it looks just like ben uh, not face. compelling to the Department of Justice, but also to this country's justice? Wait for the lips. Well, I think, I think uh, the issue here is whether or not a vice president who served as president of the Senate should be subject to a subpoena to appear in court. But would you voluntarily? The Justice Department has insisted. The Justice Department has insisted on that and on reserving that right in the event this were a matter that would go to trial. And uh, we just simply made it clear to them we think it is not only unprecedented, but it's unconstitutional. And so we'll. Uh, um, would you be open but, to voluntarily? I, but I will tell you, look, I've, as I've said, I've written extensively about this. I've spoken extensively. Um, it's different the than Justice, going under oath. Well, no, the Justice Department has uh, uh, been involved in an extensive fact-finding effort. And um, uh, in, in my judgment, um, this principle of separation of powers is that important. If, if we were to exceed to accept a subpoena for appearance, before a grand jury or in trial. I believe that would diminish the privileges enjoyed by any future vice president, be that Democrat or Republican. And I, I simply will not do that. Uh, the Constitution is a, it's, it's the foundation and the bedrock of not just our government, but in so many ways, it's, it's a, it is the foundation of the Republic. And, and in every sense, I think we've got to, as I did on January 6th, I stood, on principle, disappointing many people on the right, uh, I, I will stand on this principle of the separation of powers enshrined in the Constitution itself. Well, in my judgment, the principle of separation of powers is just that important. I may have disappointed many members of the right, you know, people who are conservative, who don't want to conserve our constitution, the, the, the people who wanted to kill me, I, I, may have, I may have made them slightly perturbed that I would follow the law and not engage in the coup. They're, they're, they're slightly disappointed with my conduct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to them. But the foundational principle here embedded in the constitution is such that what precedent would this? Have? How about the precedent where someone tries to overthrow our democracy that you testify so that our democracy can be preserved, that the Constitution uh, can continue to exist here? I just got to show you. Here's the other clip where he does this routine where they're like, they ask him, they ask him like when he's going to sell his book, they're like, so why are you supporting people who like wanted to kill you? <laughs> Like they wanted to kill you. And then he does the, I'm a Christian. I'm a uh, conservative. And third, I am a Republican. It's like, okay, 
You didn't say you're an American because your behavior is anti-American. Here, play this clip. Talking about the 2022 election, and I think that your analysis uh, is one that is is generally accurate. That the candidates who were hung up on the election lies of 2020 uh, of 2020 um, did not fare as well in 2022 as the ones who stepped forward and and, and talked about the future. Mm-hmm. I was. And I know you know you better look at than anyone in a, in a bad way what those election lies can mean in terms of crowds being What's he incited. Looking at? I was surprised to see you campaigning for mm. Don Baldick in New Hampshire and Blake Masters in Arizona, who were two people who lied about the election, who defeated one could say one could argue better candidates in the Republican primaries, uh, who were future leaning candidates. Um, why did, you, why did you endorse them? Why did you support them? Why did you campaign for them? Well, you know, I've often said I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. But I'm a Republican. And once Republican primary voters had chosen their nominees, I went out and traveled to 35 states over the last year and a half to see if we could elect a Republican majority in the House and Senate, elect Republican governors all across the country. It didn't mean, as it hasn't meant in the past, that I agree with every statement or every position candidates that I'm supporting in the Republican Party have taken. Um, but uh, but I was pleased to do it. I mean, these they're idiots. Like that. Like we need to look at that and not just say that's wrong, which it is. Right. We also need to be like, what the hell was that? Like that is weird. Like like you are a weird man, Pence. Like get away from anything that has anything to do with me, my family, yes. and my community because y'all are a bunch of lunatics. Get the hell away from my family, please, you sickos. Sickos. He's, he, he's another actor. You could see how rehearsed his lines are, ah, how rehearsed say that. his movements so are with his pointing and his looks and his stares. Like It's all so artificial. I'll tell you, Mike Pence, something that maybe mother is, is too afraid to tell you. You will never be president. You will never, never be president. And you are not a hero. Stop trying to position yourself as some sort of hero. You did the bare minimum. You did your ministerial duty on that day. Nothing more, nothing less. And I could guarantee, had it been easier for Mike Pence to do the wrong thing in this case, he would have chosen to do the wrong thing. I think if he saw a pathway to actually keeping Donald Trump in office, he would have kept Donald Trump in office. Mike Pence is no hero here. And oh, this is unprecedented. Uh, Yeah, it's unprecedented for a president of the United States to try to orchestrate a coup against the United States to overthrow the government. That is what is unprecedented. And the nerve of this guy to try to use the Constitution to try to act like he is being faithful to the Constitution by not helping put away somebody who was involved, who orchestrated a coup against the United States. That's what they always do too. They use something. They use American iconography. They use American symbolism. They use the Constitution, the founders, whatever it is. They use it all and they weaponize it for things that are the most anti-American things possible. And that is such a disgrace. And Pence, of course, has been trying to have it every which way at every stage of the game. He gave the January 6th committee a hard time, refused to testify. And at that time, he was firmly in the executive branch. At that point, it was executive privilege, executive privilege. Now the DOJ comes a knocking and he knows 
damn well because it's been proven time and time and again in court that those executive privilege arguments are not going to hold water. They're not going to hold mm -hmm. up one bit. Mm -hmm. So he switches. He goes, actually, I'm part of the Senate. Actually, speech and debate senator. clause, speech and debate senator. clause. Yeah, first of all, even if you narrow down on the speech and debate clause, I got to it, it's an interesting argument to make, like legally. Never been it's made an, before. It's an interesting argument to put forward. I will give him that. He found an interesting argument. But the speech and debate clause pretty specifically refers to senators and representatives. And even if you get past that, it also notes exceptions to it, which may not be as easy uh, from the uh, executive privilege exceptions, the crime fraud exception, but it does note exceptions for they list treason, felony, breach of the peace. And you could kind of argue that this is kind of involving all three of those things. And if not all three, at least one or two of them. And so I don't see how he has any leg to stand on here. And here's the thing, Brett, just, just, I'll, I'll toss it to Jordy in a second. Just so that the doctrine, there was a case called U.S. versus Gravel, a former senator, uh, talking about the extension of the speech and debate clause. It also does apply to legislative aides and people who work for members of Congress and members of the Senate. But what Gravel, the Gravel case, in the United States Supreme Court says it has to be legitimate legislative activity. And so you may remember our analysis that we did about Lindsey Graham, who tried to use the speech and debate clause not to appear before the Fulton County grand jury. You see how the episode kind of comes full circle. And there he was allowed to be questioned on subjects that were not legitimate legislative activity. So statements that were made to the press. And so, for example, he if I'm Jack Smith, I'm saying, look, I'm going to question Pence on things he wrote in the book. I think Jack Smith's team smarter than me and they know that. But in case they don't, that's one of <laughs> that's that's one of the exceptions in Gravel statements made to the press. So I'd say we're just going to question you on statements made in the book. Other things like mm. crimes and criminality and, and, and campaigning. So I would just say, look, you may have truthfully. You may have an argument, Pence, even though you shouldn't, that on January 6th itself, for the time you were presiding in your ceremonial role, that that may be covered. But everything else regarding election interference should not be covered. That's probably, if I was on Jack Smith's team, one of the arguments I would make, even if you found it applies, it applies to this narrow piece of time when he's acting in that capacity, but otherwise it doesn't. And then in any event, I would then argue that the statements to the press that he's made and he admits that he made is not covered at all by the speech and debate clause per the Gravel case. Few, ben, that was awesome, man. So a few things, a couple things here. Uh, going to be way less educational for our audience than Ben's beautiful breakdown right there. Uh, do you guys remember Vembots from Austin Powers? So yeah. Mike Pence is like a, a fascist robot. The man's moves are so mechanical and bizarre. And I'm talking about specifically here. Well, both clips were quite weird, truly. But the Tapper clip specifically, I hope that our, our audio audience could actually go to the YouTube and, and watch that clip live because to Brett's point, he's an actor trying to hit his marks, but he's like a second delayed on everything from his finger points to his head tilts. You just know he rehearsed those lines over and over again in a mirror 
rather than just, you know, just being honest with the American people. And that's ultimately where all of this comes down to is just the lack of honesty. It, it's a quality and trait that just does not exist in these MAGA Republicans because all they want to do is destroy. They don't care about the country. In both of those clips, Mike Pence plugged his book twice. Like that is that that's awful. That, that, that should make every American pissed off. And, that, and that's what we always talk about, too. Like all they do, they, they don't really want to lead at all. They want to be podcasters. They want to sell books. They want to do all that other stuff because they're like they're like a bunch of failed actors and actresses, right? Like they 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 all have that Kimberly Guilfoyle, like you know, desperately needing attention. Uh, you know, look at me, look at me. You know, watch me dance on the stage. You know, just some like weird stuff. Again, that's why it's like I don't want to be gaslit. Like this is weird. Don't don't treat that media as normal like discourse. Like we're not going to be doing that here. Okay, so just subpoenas, subpoenas, subpoenas. Let's talk about um, special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaing Mark Meadows. We learned that a subpoena was issued back in January for Meadows. Again, we don't have much more information there. There's been some speculation: has Meadows been cooperating or not? I think we will know soon based on Meadows' posture in response to the subpoena. Sometimes a subpoena like this will be used as cover for people who are cooperating. Let's not forget that Meadows turned over back in 2021 about 2,000 plus text messages to the January 6th committee. He then stopped cooperating. He then filed a lawsuit against the January 6th committee. He lost that lawsuit, but was able to basically run out the clock. He doesn't have a speech and debate clause uh, objection that he can make. He can try to assert and claim that Donald Trump's asserting the executive privilege. We know that before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C., federal judge Beryl Howell, who presides over all the criminal grand juries, she has consistently denied Donald Trump's executive privilege objections, forcing people like Pat Cipollone and Patrick Silbin and Patrick Philbin and Mark Short and Greg Jacob, all these top Trump officials and Pence officials to testify twice before the criminal grand jury because those objections were raised the first time. We know Stephen Miller later testified and there was no executive privilege as far as we know challenge there. We do know, though, there are eight current actions taking place, though, before Judge Beryl Howell, um, Jack, that Jack Smith is fighting. You know, the Trump world is putting up all of everything that you can imagine they are fighting. And to some extent, um, one of the problems, you know, is, is that someone who we, we talked about this earlier in the show, someone who wants to abuse the Constitution, abuse the privileges, abuse our country, a former president has a toolkit that no other American has that they could claim all of these privileges and try to delay, 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 and delay. And that's what Donald Trump's doing. That's what these MAGA Republican fascists are doing. They are trying to rip to shreds our system from within because their privilege to overthrow our country is no longer safe to them anymore. So that's what's taking place. And just so you know, when you go, oh, what's Jack Smith doing? Like, He's fighting all of these battles every day and undeterred. He keeps on winning these battles, but it's like Jordy, I guess to your point with the, with the spots or whatever, or you go to a matrix example with agent Smith, like, you know, these MAGAs and one of the things about fascism in general, historically is that 
there's a reason you call it a death cult, right? Because right. these people don't have the same considerations that the rest of us have, right? The rest of us, we want to have dinner with our family and read books and go to movies and watch a ball game and have a hobby and like, and like do things that bring us love and love people and feel loved, right? But not the MAGAs. What do they want to do? They want to go to cult rallies and just be freaking weirdos, right? And they are relentless, you know, they're okay with, they, they cheer on global pandemics because they're sickos, yeah. literally and figuratively, that's who they are. And so it's just a relentless Agent Smith style assault on democracy. So what do we do in response to that? We have to expose it. We have to call it out. We have to stay vigilant. And we have to, frankly, be supportive of very competent people like Jack Smith. One more point I want to raise, though, on the subpoena part of this episode, which is, and this is a funny one, and we'll see what happens, though. So the Proud Boys in their trial have subpoenaed Donald Trump. And there have been a number of other people in, in insurrection trials who have tried to subpoena Trump and have failed. This case is before Judge Kelly right now. There's four or five of these Proud Boys, Enrique Tario and Biggs and a bunch of others who are being subpoenaed. But let's not forget Tario, the leader of a terrorist organization, the Proud Boys, okay? He was invited to the White House on a special tour to meet with leaders on December 12th of 2020. Last minute invite to an undisclosed location. Wow, I'm in awe. My dogs are in awe right now of this. We're all angry about this. How could that be? I'm, I'm with you, dogs. I'm with you. I'm angry about this. Do we, do, do we, they're pissed, my dogs. Do we have the other, do we have the other photo? Yeah, th this right here is where the, this is the residence right here. Never thought I'd be here. Hashtag Trump 2020 from the leader of a terrorist organization. Like it'd be like Clinton inviting, inviting Timothy McVeigh to the White House before mm -hmm. the Oklahoma City. Like, it's not an exaggeration how disgusting that is. And of course, we then know at the Willard Hotel, leave it to the MAGAs just to desecrate a beautiful hotel in Washington, D.C. They turned it into the hub for the insurrection. And you had people there that... Trump's inner circle who were communicating with Proud Boys, coordinating the insurrection. So these people have a, these Proud Boys, these terrorists, below people, these terrorists mm -hmm. have actually a real claim to subpoena Trump. He's a, like, like he is kind of someone who would be needed in their case in a way or, or, or could be admissible evidence. And yeah. the Department of Justice use the stand back and stand by in the opening statement. And what the Proud Boys are saying, if we're criminals, which you are, if we're terrorists, which you are, he's our co-conspirator. So he should be here too. And that's the basis of them subpoenaing Donald Trump. That hasn't really been widely Would reported. Would that be we'll the most poetic justice moment of all time if the Proud Boys were the ones to take Trump down? And well, I think, you know, it's worth saying, I've, I, I want to raise two points on this. The first, I'm going to go back to Meadows for a second, because I think what folks also have to know about Mark Meadows and why he is so important, obviously, he was Trump's chief of staff, but Mark Meadows was at the center of 
all of these criminal investigations, all these federal criminal investigations. I mean, not only was Mark Meadows the hub of communication surrounding January 6th, we've all seen those text messages and you can rewatch the January 6th coverage or, or Google it if, if you haven't. But Mark Meadows was communicating with everybody around January 6th, on January 6th, people sending him panic messages, people like Ginny Thomas sending him messages, oh, God is with you at our great, glorious, dear leader, whatever the heck she was saying. Yeah. So not yeah. only was he at the center of that, but Meadows was also the designee by the National Archives to handle the return of the Trump documents. So he stands right in the center of the Venn diagram between the documents case and the January 6th case, which makes Meadows super important. Now, the Proud Boy. Do you have something to say about Meadows? Because I'm going to go on to the Proud Boy. Real story. quick, isn't it fascinating that we were talking about Meadows a bunch on the show on Monday and all of this news broke? I'm not saying anything. I'm not well, saying anything. Listen, Meadows has been a very mysterious figure throughout all of this because as we've seen subpoena after subpoena, as we've heard about, as we've heard about grand jury testimony, as we've seen people go on television, as we've seen people make statements, one person has remained mysteriously silent through it all. And that has been Mark Meadows. And a lot of the actions, a lot of the information, uh, Ben brought his, his doggy out, which is so he doesn't look as enraged now at, at MAGA, but you're now, soothing uh, him. You're soothing him, soothing right him with, but with pro democracy. So, yeah. But, but also a lot of the Intel that we've heard that Jack Smith has seems to be information that only a person like Mark Meadows could really know when you hear about the questions that he's been asking witnesses. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of reason, and I'm not saying this is for sure, it's, it's pure speculation, but there's a lot of reason to believe that somebody like Meadows could be cooperating even in spite of the subpoena, which Ben said could be as cover, or he cannot be. You know, it's, it's, it's pure 100% speculation. On the Proud Boys, like, it's not only Trump also, like the Proud Boys are deeply embedded in the Republican Party. And I think it's not talked about enough how the Republican Party has so closely intertwined themselves with a domestic terrorist organization. The Miami-Dade Republican Party, their leadership is like all Proud Boys. Don't believe me? Google it. Like there's a New York mm -hmm. Times article that explains how all the Proud Boys run the Miami-Dade Republican Party. It's it's pretty messed up stuff. And I'll show you some photos right now for those watching. You have uh, photos of Enrique Tarrio, the head of the Proud Boys here, with Don, with a very inebriated looking uh, Don Jr. Uh, you have him with Ted Cruz. You have him with Roger Stone. And I could have brought up dozens and dozens and dozens of photos of Enrique Tarrio, of other Proud Boys, with prominent Republicans. It's a scourge in the Republican Party. They embrace these domestic terrorists. And that is horrifying to me. This should be the easiest of it all. No, I'm not going to associate myself with domestic terrorist groups and their leaders. That should be an easy thing, but these Republicans don't. I'll show you another picture just to show how deep it goes. This is uh, Enrique Tarrio with Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle from November of 2019. Uh, this is a Facebook post uh, from somebody, I guess, in the Proud Boys, associated with the Proud Boys. It says, our very own uh, Rigoberto Tarrio with Kimberly Guilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. That's a Facebook post. So just to show you how 
entrenched the Proud Boys are, how entrenched these domestic terrorist groups are, not only with other militia groups out there and other extremists, but the Republican Party, which has become a hub for these extremists and a place where they could take their extremism and launder it in this official capacity into the running of the United States government, which is the ultimate scary aspect of it. Mike Pence, what do you have to say? Well, in my judgment, they may be terrorist. They, they may be. But my question is, as I consult my Christian faith, is are they Republicans? Because if they call themselves Republicans, then I'm going to campaign for them. I am going to say that the Constitution is made to protect these fine terrorist Republicans. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> how he would respond. We have a lot to talk about on this episode, including breaking news of another MAGA Republican congressman, Andy Ogles. This is just breaking the walk. Breaking the on, you got to right tease now. it, Ben. You can't say who it, it is. It, you yeah, tease come it. on. Don't a Republican done. who completely lied about his history will be back with exactly what Ooh. he lied about. And you'll have to find out who exactly it is. But Ben just gave it away. So. Not Andy Ogles, but watch Jordy do an ad read. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work. And frankly, I don't think I even knew exactly if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with just the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something pretty cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the dirt that Lomi produces to help fill the garden. And since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. And I have basically a limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week, I had my in-laws over for dinner, and the food cleanup process was such a breeze. Plus, they all think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash Midas and use promo code Midas at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Zbiotics. You ever skip a workout because of drinks the night before? Well, me too. If you're committed to your healthy routine this year, you need Zbiotics. Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. So here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics, it produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it the most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol. Drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. 
The first time I tried Z-Biotics was on vacation with my wife. You know, as instructed, I drank a bottle of Z-Biotics before any alcohol, and I was amazed at how good I felt the next day. Give Z-Biotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash Midas to get 15% off your first order when you use Midas at checkout. Zbiotics is also backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, head to zbiotics.com slash Midas and use the code Midas at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this. And now back to the video. Back to the show. Okay, this breaking over the wire. Newly elected Tennessee Congressman Andy Ogles, a Republican, of course, allegedly invented his entire past and resume. He allegedly lied about being an economist, his college major, the nature of his work at a think tank, being in law enforcement being an internationally recognized sex trafficking expert because of course being the COO of an being the COO of an international organization this comes from the intellectualist who broke this story and all reporting is courtesy of also news channel 5 the local news uh, in his district as well um so that brings uh <laughs> that brings santos that brings ogles um and a paulina luna yeah you got luna who made up her life as well you know why you know i couldn't have been a more one word response what do you got no i'm not like i'm not being rude i was just i was trying to play a game sorry i'm sorry uh, no, I mean, I'm not one word. I don't know. But uh, what I'll say <laughs> is what, what, what I'll say is it's 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 so very fitting that we started this episode by saying that the Republican Party really just all of them are liars and all of them are the party of George Santos. And while we're doing the podcast, we get word that yet another Republican completely lied, made up their resume. I mean, the Anna Paulina Luna, that representative, I mean, she said that she had Jewish heritage and it turned out that her grandfather fought for the Nazis. Like it's it's always like so like like comically like totally performative also like people were like well she actually used to support obama and then she basically like you know you know changed up the whole shtick and then like i I won't even go there but the the bottom line is like you look at them santos and now ogles like they're all like playing dress up like yeah. it's it's all this fascist pretend act here. Play this. This is not play this. Show this. Santos today. This is at the uh, at his district office where a bunch of constituents showed up and like, can you resign, please? So it says <laughs> Congressman Thomas Swazi, who was the congressman for the third congressional district uh, before Santos. Swazi challenged Governor Hochul in New York um, in the primaries. Uh, and so seated his seat. And then the primaries, the Democratic candidate was Zimmerman against Santos. By the way, that's the congressional district technically where I interned for back in 2003. Legitimately, I actually interned for, for that congressional district when it was Congressman Steve Israel, who was the predecessor to Swazi. Uh, and and Israel ran, I think, the DCCC um, at the time as well. Um, but that's why it says Swazi. And so Santos is so incompetent that he couldn't even change the name 
to who, <laughs> what it is. But, well, Ben, and, it's, just, and, it's just it's just another alias now. It's just added yeah, added to the list. Maybe maybe he's pretending to be. It's true. Maybe he's pretending to be Tom Swazi right now, the former. A uh, member of Congress for, from that uh, congressional district, but he barricaded himself into the office Come on. because constituents showed up at the office and wanted to talk to him and tell him to resign. Just think yeah, about that. I, he posts all these, uh, you know, tweets and messages and press releases like, I will never leave. I will, you'll, you'll never get me. It's just like, how pathetic are we that we're in a place right now? That somebody like George Santos, who is such an obvious fraud, who's lied about everything, that not only is he not resigning, but like you have people like Kevin McCarthy who are appeasing everything he does, applying zero pressure, <laughs> initially put him on very important committees that have control over your lives. You have him pitching the bills with none other than Marjorie committee. Taylor Greene. It's, it's, ins- it's absolutely insane. Now, him and Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't even know if you saw this, are like uh, pitching a bill together to ban books in classrooms. Like, like, like you can't make this up. They, they're pitching a caricatures Marjorie of, Taylor Greene and George Santos have teamed up. This is true to introduce a bill that will ban books that have LGBTQ themes nationally across the United States. That's the party of small government for you right there. They want to ban books. They want to target marginalized communities. And who is the face of this? Marjorie Taylor Greene and George frickin' Santos. I mean, what a complete and utter clown show. Like, these people don't stand for anything. They don't stand for anything except for control. They want to control every single little aspect of your life and all the talk about state rights this, states rights that. It's all BS. It's all completely BS. It's all a ruse for them to try to push forward (laughs) really unpopular things that they want to do, really horrific things that they want to do. Well, you know what it's like, Brett? Here's a perfect example, right? When we said Pence, right, the way he pivots to, okay, well, actually, the real constitutional issue here is actually the speech and debate clause. That's what we need to care about. You know, and that's the same thing when they, their state's rights is a pivot because it's a convenient way for them mm. to wear it on certain occasions, shield their fascism and say, oh, well, we're we're fiscal conservatives, we're for small government, except when they want big government to control your lives, right? That, 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 that's what they want. But you go back to the roots of it, Brett, too. And this was so interesting when Nikki Haley announced her, it's like the most disastrous announcement <laughs> ever. You know, when Nikki Haley announced that she was running for the Republican nominee, it's like, okay, you're definitely going to lose. And then you have to do this weird dance because you stand for nothing right now other than you have to be in the cult of Donald Trump. So you can't criticize Trump if you're a MAGA Republican running, right? You can't say that he was bad. So you have to both go on and praise him while he then denigrates you and says all of these things about you. (laughs) That's a one-way street. It's a one-way street. So you can't criticize him if you're a MAGA Republican because you have to be in the cult because you're so fearful that he's going to send a mean post. But then he's then, like, like, really? Like, that's like, 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 that's what you're afraid about? He's going to be we, Can we play a portion of Nikki Haley's uh, announcement video? I, 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 I cut my favorite parts. Uh, okay. let, let's, let, let's, right, let's, let's right, play right. it. It's just so insane. We'll talk about it after. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants, not black not white. I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And 
my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. So much to so I mean so there's so much there. I mean, first she of got all, laughed at in the United Nations. Remember her speech where she's raising <laughs> her hands. She cut out the part where literally every nation laughed at her. They <laughs> laughed at her. They that. laughed at her off the stage. That's how humiliating she was. And that and that sounds like remember the C spot run books or like Good Night Moon. It's like <laughs> C spot run, C spot jump. C spot. It's like what? What? What in the world is that? So of course Donald her pitch Trump for attacked pre- her. Just her. Let me just break down her pitch for for the presidency. It's America is not a racist country. Is kind of her whole conceit. America is not racist, but even if it's uh, is racist, it's been pretty racist. It's not as bad as throwing a baby in a dumpster and killing it. Like <laughs> oh, like that no. was yeah. You know like that's we think that's bad too. And yes, the human rights abuses in China and Iran are are bad. Yes, yes. I, I, I don't even know what connection she's trying to say. And then it's just like visual of AOC for some reason, just to like scare people. What are you talking about? Like so, real inspirational. Babies in dumpsters, genocide. So not as bad. Racism, not that big of a deal when you th- consider the genocide. So I don't think we had to compare the two. I, I think multiple things can be bad at the same time. It's just the most. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what happened. She thought she had a fire ending for for announcement video with the heels launch. Thought that was like, oh man, this is aces, yo. And then she'd have to figure out how to fill out the other two minutes without without saying literally anything. And so you get just word salad, which is a common theme that we continue to see anytime you give these MAGA Republicans a microphone. They just spew word salad because they have no real points. And, and, and to your and to that point, Jordan, I mean, look, you got we'll talk about Biden in a moment, right? But you got Biden out there like talking about jobs, jobs, yes. jobs. We need to bring manufacturing jobs back to the country. We are bringing manufacturing jobs. Nobody said it could be done. Here's the legislation I'm championing. Here's the chips act here's the pact act about how we're actually helping veterans who republicans were fist bumping each other and celebrating because they were trying to deny them life-saving health care from being exposed to toxic burn pits and democrats provided the health care you know biden's talking about we are reducing prescription drug prices specifically here's our plan we've reduced the price of insulin per month to 35 dollars and less per month we are capping the costs associated with prescription drug 
drug prices for Medicare. You know, we are addressing, uh, we're making education more accessible and more affordable. Here's specifically how we're doing it. We're improving your working conditions. Let's tackle also kitchen sink issues as well. Let's talk about junk fees. Let's pass a bipartisan bill together called the Junk Free Prevention Act, which would prevent companies like cable, internet, phone, resort, ticketing companies from charging you extra or surprise fees. Guess what? But the woke, By the way, that, but the woke. That, 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 that has overwhelming support. 75% of U.S. adults support that and 73% of Republican voters. Massive bipartisan support for Biden's junk fees. <laughs> I'd like fee. to know, like, who are the 20, 25% of people who are like, no, I want junk fees. Give me more junk fees. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, they're, they're the people who actually sit at the heads of those COVID. companies or have the relationships with those companies where they get the kickbacks to their campaigns. That's I who, that's who the 25% are. Money. I mean, Brett, does that shock you? I mean, you got 25% of the no, Republicans. We've, we've, they, we've learned they, that there's about 25 to 30% who will be on the wrong side of just about every single... I also find it ironic, <laughs> though. Still, yeah. Brett, you have 25% of the, of the population, these MAGA Republicans. They will literally snort COVID like cocaine. Yeah, no, I, I agree, or, or at least some iver, ivermectin, or some, or something like that. But you have the Republicans who are the first to go, oh, these Democrats and their identity politics. Oh, look at them; they, they, they're just running because it's a woman, or because this person is whatever. And they're the first people to try to run solely on identical identity politics. Nikki Haley is offering absolutely nothing, but her pitch on every single interview <laughs> so seems to be that I am a woman. And I am not old. That's that's her pitch. Ultimately, that's their, their whole belief. thing is anti-old too. Like that's her whole thing is like we need to test the old people and see if they're competent. It's like well, you guys are just say, you're saying pretty hateful thing about people. Like like <laughs> no, it's, it's actually bashing old. It's old, It's really strange. Yeah, no, but but no, that's 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 a really good thing to pick up on there. Good in the sense that 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 is happening in this country. There's an attack on the older population in this country by these crazy Republicans, whether it's stripping away their Medicare or Social Security or whatnot. And when it comes to just being generally ageist, it's like the only thing that you're uh, sort of like allowed to be like openly in 2023. It is truly a bizarre behavior that is welcomed in this country now. And you look at other cultures and yeah, by the Republican Party. You look at other cultures, how they treat, you know, their elderly, how how they treat people, you know, with with wisdom of of how they lived and, and how you can learn from things that they've done and accomplished and be better, you know, for that. And MAGA Republicans in this country treat the elderly folks like shit. I like that also. One of her like uh, ideas was like, we need to test all of our politicians with a competency test, mental competency test, after the age of 75. Of course, Donald Trump is 76. So everyone's like, you mean like Trump? Like you, you want to test Trump? And then she's like, oh, no, I think actually uh, he would pass it with glowing colors, Donald Trump. You'd be great at the competency test. You want to talk like, about these weirdos? Can we just reflect on again, though, that he was bragging in the, in the 2020 election that he got man, woman, children, elephant, right? Like, like See, ben, you, can't even, you can't even get it right, Ben. So maybe he should be bragging because clearly you can't figure it out. And man, <laughs> woman, uh, bird, like, <laughs> what? Person, and so, women, and so, but here's the thing, man, you know, camera, and, and there TV. are videos of, of, there's videos of Nikki Haley that surfaced from like 2010 where she was like calling for a secession. We don't have to play all that. I mean, it's what a hard we should play. I think we should play. It's bizarre. Okay, okay, okay. So this is a pro secession group that's asking Nikki Haley like if she supports it and she's cool with it. She's like, well, the Constitution says, oh yeah, sure, let's do it. Play this clip. (laughs) 
Do you believe that the states of the United States have the right to secede from the union? I think that they do. I mean, the Constitution says that. If it became an issue where the state of South Carolina needed to secede from the union, would you support it? You know, I'm one of those people that doesn't think it's going to get to that point. And let me tell you why. While we are seeing all of this federal intrusion come into our states, the way I will handle it is I'm going to get a coalition of governors together that turns around, let's take the health care situation, for example. I'm going to get a coalition of governors that turns around and goes to the to Washington and says, this is what you can do and this is what you can't do. We are this many governors. We represent this many people in this many states. Rather than mandating health care on us, this is what we want to do. Rather than mandating health care on us. Think about also what she's talking about seceding over. Rather than them making sure that we have health care. We are going to secede from the United States. But it shows you how also these politicians, especially in South Carolina, which, of course, plays a very important historical role in the Civil War. She has to appease these groups, uh, these pro-neo-Confederate groups out there, which are popular in these states. Like she has to appease these factions in order to even become governor in the first place. And it's also obviously a complete misinterpretation of the Constitution. We, we, I mean, we fought a whole war over this. There's a court case, Texas v. White, which settled this, that it's unconstitutional to, to secede from the United States of America. It's something that has been litigated also, so it's just complete BS. But the fact that she even has to to appease these people just shows how malleable she is. And I think she would also have, though, positive things to run on in this regard, but she is so afraid to do it because it wouldn't help her in a Republican primary, which is completely just, you know, it just shows you how deranged this Republican Party is that these are negative things. But she actually, when there was a, a racist shooting in South Carolina, she actually stood up and she got rid of the Confederate flag from the state capitol. You won't see her run on that because that won't help her in a Republican primary and she will have people attacking her for that action, ironically. But you You're see so how right. she's every in every different position of every single issue, whether it's Trump, whether it's the Confederate flag, whether it's the Confederacy as a whole, she's a chameleon and she's going to blend to whatever the audience before her is and whatever she thinks is going to get her mo the, the most expedient path to power, to the governor's office, to the White House, whatever it is. That's who she is. She'll just, she'll just blend in with whatever's going on. This is why everyone needs to subscribe to our YouTube channel right now, and they need to subscribe to the audio of the Midas Touch podcast as well, because I can't wait to cover these primary Republican debates. Can you imagine yeah. when you've got Nikki Haley and Sununu, and you've got Trump, and you've got DeSantis on stage together, right? And they are going to be accusing each other of doing things that should be fairly normal as negative things like 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 you supported vaccines i i never supported the vaccines what are you it's talking so about it's what, so what we, true. I, I never i how i would never support the vaccines you, you said that covid was a real thing i would never say that everybody knows it's the jewish space lasers like, <laughs> you're yeah, wasting like, money on testing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you said yeah, they, they they would go and and you know and trump will go it's so true you go he supported Testing. He supported pe getting people tested, and, and then you'll have DeSantis go with the same hands. I never, I would never support the testing in the free state of uh, Florida. I was against testing. You know, you go through all these issues. 
who supporting the Confederate flag, whether they were political prisoners or not, like, you know, the insurrectionists, like you're going to go through all of these issues and it's going to be pure insanity. But Ben, can I tell you though, honestly, that's also what scares me. Not the insanity, because I think the insanity will repulse people, but this is what scares me, is that the Republican Party learned zero lessons from 2016. They learned zero lessons from 2020. And if they showed a backbone and stood up to somebody like Donald Trump and didn't cower, then we wouldn't be where we are as a country right now. The Republican Party would probably be in better shape. We'd have a lot more normalcy. The government would function. They'd be in better shape. But but instead, (laughs) they have decided at every turn that they were going to appease this madman. And they've given him so much power. And still, in all these Nikki Haley interviews that you see, in all the interviews of all these people who want to run for president, they go, "Uh, how are you different than Donald Trump? What makes you... uh, you know, he's great. I love, he's a great guy. I love Trump. Love Trump. Great guy. If you have that attitude and then Trump is like, you know, you corrupt. Like Trump doesn't care. He's, he's going to mudsling at you and you're like too sure. afraid to even talk back to him. And we're going to have this cycle again, where you're going to have these weak, weak, cowardly Republicans who are too afraid to stand up to Trump. And there's going to be a lot of them. So they're going to dilute they're going to dilute the whole candidate pool. And unfortunately, what you're going to happen is you're going to have a lane for somebody like Donald Trump who does have a small but consolidated base of support. You're going to have somebody like that have the potential to still be a viable nominee in the party because the other half of the party or the other three quarters, whatever it is, of nominees will refuse to get out of their own way, unite and go to bat for American democracy. They will refuse. They do not have their bone in their body. And they are going to watch Trump trounce all over them again, just like what happened in 2016. And that's my fear because they are a weak party with zero backbone. Zero, zero, zero. Brett, you just put that perfectly. I want to build on it. They haven't learned anything also. I know you're talking about the general elections in 16 and 20, but they also haven't learned anything from this last midterm election cycle as they continue to attack Social Security and Medicare and ban books and put out statements like Gen Z shouldn't be voting. It's it's utterly bizarre. And I think the litmus test to prove if you are a Republican in 2023 and 2024, they're going to ask each, save this clip, they're going to ask each of the folks on stage during these primaries, they're going to say, do you believe the January 6th insurrection? Do you believe those folks are political prisoners? Oh, they're, they're not going even going to use the word insurrection, Jordy. You just gave them too much You're, credit by even using that word. The, 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 when Antifa uh, stormed the Capitol on January yeah. 6th, and then they arrested MAGA people for some reason who happened to be, uh, <laughs> I got to even phrase it, like just so. here's the here's the thing brett too so uh i'll give you just an example like from the dominion lawsuit against fox right so sydney powell who was in trump's inner circle right um she explained uh that the way she got her information is from a source and that source explained that she gets all of her information for experiencing something quote like time travel in a Uh semi-conscious state allowing her to quote see what others don't see and hear what others don't hear and she received her messages from quote the wind Uh, but maria bartiroma read powell's email from her source and dominion has the evidence that who the source is that they got the information from the wind and fox read the email 
and responded to Sidney Powell saying that what she shared was very important information. And so you also have this disinformation chamber that is part of the crisis here. But what I like that President Biden is doing, though, is he's taking the message to the people. And one of the things that we always thought here at the Midas Touch Network, too, is that Rick Scott is really the one of the also the faces of the MAGA Republican Party. I mean, he is the leader of the Senate committee, you know, that ran their campaigns. And he is someone who wants to cut uh, Social Security. He said that. And I love that President Biden, though, is really highlighting this, you know, this creep, Rick Scott. Again, we're talking about the MAGA frauds. Rick Scott settled the largest Medicare fraud case in history. Rick Scott got all of his money and he pled the fifth in it from basically defrauding the government to the tune of hundreds of to billions of dollars. And he got a hundred million dollar plus golden parachute. This is the person who's like leading the Republican senatorial campaign and their money like all went missing. You pick the guy who defrauded everybody, who was basically a Ponzi schemer to, you know, to run it. And, and, and he is the face. I mean, and they all look like villains. Like they all look like villains. So play this clip though of Biden basically explaining that Rick Scott seems a bit confused here. Play this clip. By the way, we're on the topic of Medicare. The distinguished senator, and I mean, I shouldn't be smart guy, Senator Rick Scott from Florida, who is responsible for getting Republicans elected to the Senate, is a little bit in hot water right now. <laughs> because his plan is to sunset Medicare and Social Security. But, meaning if you don't reauthorize them every five years, they go out of existence. Sunset them. They'll go away. As I said in the State of the Union, if everyone tries, anyone tries to get rid of Social Security or Medicare, I will veto it. If that's the Republican dream, I'm their nightmare. Look, folks. You saw when I said that on the floor, maybe if you saw it, you saw when I said that on the floor, I said, no, no, liar, liar. I said, that means you're not going to cut Medicare or Social Security? And they all stood up and started to clap. I said, well, we got to settle then. <laughs> Remember? No, seriously. Well, it's all on film. Let's see who votes to, 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 to cut it. Look, and here's Rick Scott's response to this. He says that because I'm cutting, he said, I'm cutting prescription drug costs. That means I'm cutting Medicare. Where has he been? I think he's a little confused. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's vintage Biden. And, and awesome. Yeah, awesome. You know, President Biden, Biden has a real way of really... How do you put it? I don't know. Kindly insulting somebody like he, he's got a way of digging somebody and like you don't even know it's a dig till he finishes and you're like, oh, my God, you just like my my friend on the other side of the aisle, uh, you know, my 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 esteemed colleague. <laughs> it's it's really, really, really good stuff. And it's important to draw that contrast. And I like that when Biden draws the contrast that he also pretty clearly states not just as is any senator, which would be a big deal in and of itself but that this was the guy responsible for electing other senators to the Republican Party. This guy was the head of that. He was the head of the NRSC. 
the National Republican Senatorial Committee. The, the top, top, top. This is the guy who Republicans entrusted in that role. This is a guy with lots of power in the party. And the funny thing is, ever since Biden gave that State of the Union speech, and like uh, he imitated in that uh, clip that we just saw, then they were all like, liar, liar, I can't believe you would say such a thing. It's like they just go on TV now every day and they continue to express their desire to cut Social Security and Medicare. Like they can't help himself. Like Mike Pence, going back to Mike Pence, he went on Fox today, today, to give his spiel about, I can't do it as good as Ben, but it was, you know what? We need to get rid of the new deal. We need to replace it with a better deal, with a better deal. And, you know, that means- well, 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 we'll play this clip. We have to have a conversation about reforming entitlements in the days ahead. I think we can replace the New Deal programs with a better deal. I think in Social Security, you can keep all the promises that you made to seniors. You can people that will retire within the next 20 years, no changes. But to give options to younger Americans to invest a portion of their Social Security in a private savings account and get a better deal, uh, I think is an idea whose time will come. You think and there's also, an appetite for that? Well, let's give your money to people like Rick Scott. That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> even, give Fox, your money, even Fox all the time, whenever they come on and say things like that, even Fox like, are you sure? You really just, you don't want to take that back? You're going to, okay. They they want you're to right. They did try to give them out. Just to be clear, they want to take your money that's supposed to go to Social Security, and they want to give that money to people like Rick Scott and Donald Trump and private business so that they could basically steal it. <laughs> that, that, that to them is a, is a bright idea. Like That's what he's saying there. No, I, 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 like, I, like, the, the, I, I like Social Security. Like, let's keep it. Like, let's preserve it and protect it. Like, please. And, and you're right, Brett. They keep on challenging it. One of the things I like, too, because you released one on Midas, and then Biden released the mashup as well. Um, to, to Biden tell- refer- Let, let's be clear. Biden referenced Brett's video in that speech. He was referring to the, the video that Brett made. The Mike Lee video. You know, I definitely, uh, the Mike Lee video had got like millions and millions and millions yeah. of views that we put like, out. Like hundreds like across, of, like, across like TikTok, engagement. across Crazy. Facebook, across Instagram, across Twitter, like everywhere. Legendary Brett. Yeah. Legendary, and, classic and Brett, Brett, Super Saiyan Brett. Brett. And, it, and it's been a big video now that you see President Biden out there using to also highlight classic Midas Brett. Yeah. And so we'll play this. And, and we've played this on the show before, <laughs> but like it couldn't be any clear, like their language could not be any clearer. With super how genius, classic Brett. Vintage that's, Brett. Vinci. That's, and here's, here's super not genius. Big uh, brain Brett. Mike Big Lee expressing. Brett. Smartest, this is, smartest brother Brett. Okay, okay, okay. Favorite brother Here, Brett. Stop it. Let me play the clip. Uh, this, is, this, this is Mike Lee saying the reason why he wants to become a senator. This is it. This is the reason just, he wants so to become a senator. The reason. Is because he wanted to. I wonder what he got on his SATs. Medicare. He's a genius. Brett's his smartest brother. Is there a side text going on with these jokes? What's happening? Here's, here's Mike Lee. There's a senator named Mike Lee. They played a video. I'm here right now to tell you one thing that you probably haven't ever heard from a politician. It will be my objective to phase out Social Security, nice. to pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. Sounds pretty clear to me. How about you? But they sure didn't like me calling them on it. <laughs> it's very clear. He's a genius. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take Social Security out back. I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna, it's like oh, we get it. We get. It. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he couldn't have put in clearer terms how much he hated Social Security, the Republicans, <laughs> and then they're like, oh my god, why would Biden say that I said the thing that I actually said? Oh, you know, and it's like we have like. Here's the but thing. But that's it, Ben. That's it. It's the fake outrage. That's what it is that we always talk about. And it was so beautifully and artfully captured in those videos. Oh, my goodness. And, and you know what, though? What I do feel, though, and no help to large media networks at no, all. No, help. But, uh, no uh, help. It's it's really a new day, though. It's, it's, it's a new Democratic Party that really is reflective of a pro-democracy coalition at mm -hmm. this point, that's punching back, right? You got Hakeem Jeffries, who I feel like is the quarterback, messaging incredibly well. And that messaging is pervading throughout the party. And I think you've got this pro-democracy community right now too, which I'm proud if the Midas Touch Network has played a small part in inspiring. I am so humbled to even be a part of that. But to see the messaging and the action coalesce together and calling traitors traitors, calling fascists fascists, calling weirdos weirdos, calling out MAGA Republicans for who they are. MAGA Republicans don't know how to respond to this, right? And this is what's needed right now. This is how you have to fight for democracy with intelligence, with passion, with decency, with humanity, and you have to be relentless about it. You have to be obsessive about it because the MAGA Republican fascists, they are as well with the opposite, with their hate, with their lies, with their disinformation. And there was so much of a period of time where they were just getting away with it and no one was calling them out. But it's so amazing that that has changed and we are going to devote our lives to continuing to build the Midas Touch Network, continuing to build more shows, continuing to build out this podcast, continuing to break the news and break it down the way we do here and hopefully change the game in how the media responds to and protects our democracy. To that end, we are 100% independent. So if you can, check us out at Patreon dot com slash Midas touch p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Midas touch m-e-i-d-a-s-t-o-u-c-h there's different memberships there that you can join so check it out as soon as this podcast is over patreon.com slash Midas touch Go and get exclusive content there. We've got exclusive merch there like the new Midas Touch water bottle that you can only get at our, there it is, Jordy's holding it up right there that you get on our Patreon. Show you also get first. For democracy side. Oh, yeah, you all. Yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's a good looking it's a good looking uh, a bottle. Um, we also have our first looks there, where you get things first there, and we also have uh, exclusive podcasts there. You could also become a producer on one of the membership tiers of the Midas Touch uh, podcast, and your name appears at the end of the show, and you'll get a poster commemorating that you are a 
uh, Midas Touch honorary producer. You see all the producer names right there for those watching. That will always stay on our YouTube channel. So thank you to our honorary producers. So check that out, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We have no outside investors. That is how we fund these operations and all the new show offerings that we have. Subscribe to our audio as well. Search the Midas Touch podcast. That helps with our algorithm there. So please, if you haven't subscribed to the audio podcast as well, subscribe there, play the audio a little bit. It helps with our rankings in the audio. So check out Midas Touch Podcast wherever you get your audio podcast and leave a five-star review there. Also check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear. We've got Convict or Convict 45 shirts and so much more there. It's 100% made in America, 100% union made. It wouldn't be any other way when it comes to Midas Touch. So go to store.midastouch.com. We're showing the I Read Band book shirt, the Make Attorneys Get Attorneys hat, and so much more. So check that out. Person, woman, man, camera, prison, convictor, convict, 45 shirts. I love all of that. Also, check out Killing County on Hulu, uh, executive produced by Colin Kaepernick, myself and others at ABC and Hulu about the crime, corruption, and cover-up that takes place in Bakersfield. Also, the highest police shooting deaths there, the highest crime rates, the highest homicide rates, and believe it or not, actually believe it. It's Kevin McCarthy's uh, congressional district. Uh, it's doing really well on Hulu. If you haven't watched it, check it out and make sure you recommend it to friends, family, and coworkers and others. Killing County out on Hulu right now. Finally, I want to thank all the Midas Mighty out there. None of this is possible without you. Every morning, me and my brothers wake up so incredibly inspired because of you. You give us that jet fuel to continue working countless hours in protection of our democracy because we know that you're fighting for our democracy each and every day. So to all of you, thank you so much. We so appreciate everything and we will continue to be your messengers and to honor the hard work you put in to protect our democracy each and every day. Thank you all for watching this episode of the Midas Touch podcast. Jordy, I will let you take it from here. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! The best part of waking up? Maggot tears in my cup. Check out the new Maggot tears mug available now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. It's 100% union made right here in the USA. I know I'm not tired of winning yet. How about you? Get yours today.